Hello, beautiful humans of planet Earth. My name is Darius Bashar, and you are tuned in to the Create Therefore podcast. This is a podcast where we dive deep into the hearts and minds of creators, artists, innovators, and ask them all sorts of questions around their creative origin stories, around their creative processes and beliefs, and also about their purpose as creative humans. Before we jump into some questions, here's a little bit of backstory on Marcos Mendoza. Marcos Mendoza always knew there was something different about him. At 17, Marcos would drop out of high school and join his father working a full-time construction job. Over the course of the next five years, he would write daily and would accumulate thousands of rap songs. It was clear he had a resounding gift with words, but something was wrong. At that time, success in the rap industry was predicated on antagonism, conflict, and tearing people down. Marcos decided to step away from hip-hop music and would eventually find himself at a weekend workshop that would forever change his destiny. And for the first time in his life, Marcos stepped into his power as a magical manifesting being and began the next chapter of his journey. Since then, Marcos has worked as the operations manager of the Think and Grow Rich Institute. And most recently, Marcos founded his own passion project called the Startup Boutique which builds, launches, and funds startups in the personal development sector. My guest in studio with me today, Marcos Mendoza. Welcome, brother. All right, thank you. Let's jump in. I would love to actually hear, in your own words, how you would describe what you create in the world. My contribution to the world in these days it's almost as if my creativity has been drowned out by this deep, 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 deep desire to do two things. One, obliterate scarcity from the people that come to me for guidance. And then the second thing for me is all my creativity is being focused around helping people feel, feel better through my pain. Mm. So it's almost as if I put myself through self-sabotage so that I can create wicked stuff for everybody. That's my way of getting either angry enough or frustrated enough or anxious enough that I take relentless action. And the way that I take relentless action is through creative expression. So the acknowledgement now for in myself is that I acknowledge that I create through pain, not through joy. I am happy when I'm doing things, but I'm not a happy person overall. I'm always either anxious, frustrated, scared, so nervous. Is, is there a distinction between the doing and being and the uh, pursuing? I am a relentless pursuer. Yesterday I meditated, you know, and... Uh, end up falling asleep in this self-hypnosis and I woke up to my heart beating you know my Apple watch said it was like 168 beats per minute wow yeah so and I I acknowledge that I sleep in a hurry I sleep in a hurry and I've known this for a long at least 10 years I've been saying this I sleep in a hurry I don't know how to rest do you feel there's something chasing from behind Absolutely. Are you running away from something? No. 
No, well, yes, I'm running away from certain responsibilities and I'm running towards the constant and never-ending uh, improvement. Hmm. More practically speaking, someone who doesn't know you so well, what do you create? What I'm most proud of that I create lately is solutions. I call myself a solutionist. But what I am most proud of other than creating solutions is creating solutions through spoken word speeches that are written over music. That is my passion. That That is what I am best at. If anybody says, what are you best at? I'm, I'm really great at writing or speaking over music. And that's because I've been doing it every day for the past 15 years. So that's my jam. That's what I do extraordinarily well because I flow in between the lines in such a way where the cadence and the syllables and the rhymes and the wordplay and the concepts and the tonality, there's so much method involved in delivering context through content that I become very content in my state. So for 15 years, every day, you never missed a day. I've never missed a day. I'm always writing, always. Let's take a step back during the intake interview. Some things came up that were really fascinating to me. You had mentioned about the circumstances around your birth, which I thought were really extraordinary. Can you um, just tell us a little bit about that and maybe how that's impacted who you are? Yeah, so, uh, you know, my mom was put into a difficult position. You know, she was riding the bus and the bus driver was driving recklessly and, you know, she ended up falling and having to you know, go to the hospital and then I was born, you know, when you're born premature, your body is not ready. There's all kinds of, you know, uh, interruptions in the flow. But again, uh, through the state of divinity, everything happens as it's supposed to. So, you know, I came out as like, you know, this little thing, you know, and, uh, you know, it came with asthma and it came with multiple operations and constant hospital visits and doctor's visits. And, you know, it was like my life was always being either tested medically or watched. Mm. Right. So it became a part of my upbringing. You know, I'm so aware of certain things going on in my body that I'm always very quick to check. So talk to me about these uh, clairvoyance and premonitions and deja vu. You had mentioned that at a very young age, around six, I believe, you had been experiencing these things. What was it like back then? Do you remember? Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, I remember having dreams, man, dreams and going to school and then having them come true. I remember one time I told my teacher that I had this dream and then it happened and she watched it happen and she was just blown away. I, I remember going home that night telling my mom, like, mom, I had a dream. So my mom was just like, what are you talking about? Or she dismissed it. And then the deja vus became super intense, super intense to the point where I would always try to catch the deja vu so that I could predict what was going to happen next. Mm. And I didn't get good at doing that until this year. And uh, premonition, like 9-11, I dreamt 9-11 the night before. What? Really? Oh, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. I can go on. There's so many stories I've had. Things just happen, like synchronicities and alignments. And, you know, as a child, you're so confused. You don't know any better. Um, if if somebody was preaching to me and, st and said to me when I was 11, you're an indigo child. It's okay. You're living in alignment with your life's purpose. You're remembering your past lives. It would have helped a lot in the way that I communicate with the world. Really? 
because I was so difficult to communicate with. I was just always angry, frustrated, miserable, and alone, always. I didn't know how to communicate because I was always just living in fear. What, but so I also, uh, I didn't have premonitions. I didn't have clairvoyance. I had deep deja vu and I'd have deja vu sometimes like 10 times a day. And sometimes uh-huh. there'd be like 10 seconds or a minute. And I, I'd also predict things. And uh, I didn't grow up frustrated. So help me understand where the frustration came from. It was a lot. Uh, I don't think it's, I don't think the context of this conversation will, I, I don't feel comfortable going into it. But there was a sense of knowing that I lived with. You know, it was the secret life that I had. It, it caused me to always think that I knew everything. You can ask my mom. It's like, how many times did I say I know growing up? Everything was, I know, ma, I know, I know, I know. I always felt like a, an adult living in a child's body. Huh. And because of that, my friends, quote unquote, were not, I just didn't resonate. So it really created an imbalance in the way that I showed up because my imagination was running wild but there was no manifestation. It was just me as a victim of circumstance. I was always the victim in everything, you know? So what could I have done to communicate better? I didn't know what it was like to really be a kid. I was always perceiving things as if I was an adult. So take, take us back. You found hip hop. You found your gift as a lyricist and as a writer. How did it start to come out? I just started to hang out with people that were in a state of self-expression that I aspired to be in. And it grew as an admiration. I started to look at these people, these guys, and I was like, man, I want to do what they do. And uh, I never listened to hip hop. But when, when I used to hear these guys flow, I just thought flow was the coolest thing ever. And that's what inspired me. You know, so did you I, take to it quickly? Like the freestyle side? Immediately. You got to understand, I was lost my whole life lost completely oblivious to what was going on in uh, the social norm you know grade nine i was terrified grade 10 i started promoting grade 11 i was trying to find my comfort zone by grade 12 dropped out of high school and then it was just everything was just music after that did you lock yourself away and write for days or did you create some sort of ritual or practice around expressing that it became an everyday thing. Smoke a joint, write a song. Smoke a joint, write a song. Smoke a joint, write a song. You know, I don't blaze anymore, but back then, that's all we ever did. It was just hung out. It was parking lots, man. The the Timmy's days, coffee time days, Rona, you know, different parking <laughs> lots. Just, I remember just that. hanging out in cars, just freestyling journals back to back, you know, sharing each other's rhymes. So w- when did you know you were hyper ambitious? I was convinced I was going to be the next Eminem. Convinced. I knew it. I was like, I'm going to be the next Eminem. So did the drive from 18-year-old you to the man sitting in front of me right now, did it increase? Did it stay? Did it drop? Uh, It increased, absolutely. It's always increasing. I think what changed is the focus. Because back then, the only thing that was important was self. I ended up you know, investing $25,000 into education. I wanted to become a a film composer I remember taking my first piano class and music theory at school and I was I couldn't read I have glasses and I couldn't read the notes and I have crazy ADD and I was like man I'm just gonna learn how to play by heart so I stayed after class and I started playing I ended up playing all night 
the next morning class starts at nine o'clock i show my teacher i'm like this is what i created overnight and he's like this is actually pretty good he's like how long you've been playing i go about eight hours he goes okay i'll make you a deal he says uh i don't read music either he's like i'm supposed to teach it but i don't like reading it he's like i'll tutor you how to learn how to continue to play by ear you know and do your assignments separate from the class i'll still pass you and everything will be all good nobody will know i'm just like okay cool so we did that it sounds like there's this this theme coming up around tremendous talent in many different facets yeah tremendous yeah where's that where's that come from uh i I would say it comes from my pops because my father's always told me you know my father thinks i'm a genius he's like you're a fucking genius man the way i create content and the way i share and the way i speak and the way i write but then there's times when my pops catches me in my vulnerability when I'm sharing with the world and he's like, nah, don't share so much, don't share so much. And I'm like, you don't understand, it's like through the sharing is where I connect with people the most. He says, yeah, but is your whole life going to be always a Facebook post, a sharing of everything? And I said, yep, it probably will be until I find another way to connect with human beings on a larger scale. What, what did he teach you? My pops? Yeah. Well, in the sense of creativity, he, he, he taught me how to create from nothing, anything I want. Literally, alchemy. Like, he taught me how to transform one form of energy into another. He mm. did it by just being himself. Like, he created abundance. You know, he created prosperity, he created opportunities, he created flow. He creates, he creates things. He, he's incredible at creating anything that he thinks of. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, what is the point? What's driving you now? To be creatively self-expressed is my life's purpose. How do you know when that is happening? I'm doing it right now, you know, in the way I dress, the, the, the hats I rock, the, you know, the way I, I speak, the videos I make, the, you know, everything is. But so like everyone dresses and everyone speaks. Mm-hmm. How do you know when it is true self-expression? It's just become a character thing. Like it's just a part of me. I'm always being creatively self-expressed. So there's never a point where you're not creatively self-expressed? Hardly, which is why it's so difficult to turn off. Hmm. which is why it's so difficult to stop, which is why I can't wait to get this interview over because I just want to go and continue to be creatively self-expressed. Yeah. It's very difficult for me to remain present. Can you give me an example of something that you were trying to achieve that's slightly bigger? Yeah, so it's all for one reason. got to retire my parents. All of it is all pushing towards that. You had a goal to make uh, half a million dollars. Yeah. You achieved that. You chased it. You you hustled. I haven't achieved it. No. Okay. But I'm getting there. You're getting there. You're gonna. You. I know you're gonna get there. Yeah, for sure. Part of why you're so successful is your your drive is next level. It's stupid. Yeah. Stupid. Are drive. you ever worried that maybe it could it could harm you? It's harming me every day. So so you are a master manifester. I'm a master manifester. Why don't you manifest a, exuberant health? Yes. You know, I run off of adrenaline, not off feeling great. So who can change that? <laughs> Man, me, obviously, but I don't. I think it's like I mentioned in the pre-context of this conversation, I am addicted to self-sabotage and suffering. It is what brings me my drive to get better, but I don't get better. I just do more. Um, success to me, I, ever since J- uh, Jesse Elder said it, you know, uh, I was in Encinitas, San Diego for a talk and he's like, he broke down the etymology of all these words, and I love etym- etymology. So the etymology of success is succession, which is defined as to progress forward. And I realized, holy shit, I'm successful at a lot of things if I put it in this context. So I've become very aware of my little successes, you know, and I've been driven by those goals. 
and I'm do you feel successful um there, there's a there's different types of success right the only thing that really fuels my lack is my addictive personality I have this what and where what is the addiction to oh man just let's just keep it at self-sabotage okay you know and and in that space there is this nostalgic melancholy juice and I drink it all day it's almost as if the more I feel sorry for myself the more creative I'll be you know or the more I put myself in a position of pain the more I'll be determined to change in terms of finances and shit like that like man I cracked the code to prosperity it's become there's this certainty I've, I've like I've overcome confidence and evolved into certainty certainty is in this state of knowing you know my potential my power my ability what i'm capable of through certain moments you know but with confidence i feel like confidence is such a high school thing the whole self-love uh self self-love cup analogy you know when your your cup is overflowing and you have so much that's not me man me i pour up maybe a quarter i drink it back and then i fill up another quarter i drink it back from and it's enough for me yeah I don't know what it feels like to be exuberantly, to feel exuberant, you know, in my health, right? I don't know that. When you say health, do you mean physical health, physical mental health? health? There's so many ways to consider it, but I can say, because I'm expressing out loud, I can say, I live in a dream world, bro. Anything that I imagine, I make it, I make it real. So there's a question there that's begging to be asked. Yeah, and I got it, and, I, and, I won't, and I'll tell you straight up because I just haven't chosen. Okay. Yeah, I haven't chosen that. And even though I choose it every day, I don't follow through with that choice. So the question is, if you are a master manifester and you can make your dream life come true, why don't you take that self-destructive thing, that story that says you need to hurt and suffer to be great and just tweak it? Yeah, I would love to. And I, th- I, I think about it every single day. And I'm, I'm stuck. I'm at a loss for words with it. I can express all the reasoning behind it but there is this it's 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 you know if we're going to talk about plagues that is my plague i i got i got nothing for you in that context because there is so much shame embarrassment guilt fear doubt resentment that is loaded with the negative spectrum of subconscious emotions that are just constantly sending that kind of information out to the universe and the universe is like okay you asked for it i'll give it to you yeah you know but then there's this different context which is like i'm helping people and i'm succeeding and i'm, and I'm prosperous in business and i'm flowing and i'm you know and it's like and that's all fantastic so there's this imbalance you know that is constantly being expressed and i'm stuck in this position of like why is it so difficult for me to go all the way with both yeah when ultimately without health you have nothing and it's like because i think i've been cheating for so long i've gotten away with it for so long that now i'm just kind of waiting for it to catch up to me you know and that's self-sabotage so my next question to you was where do you feel most expressed most powerful when you're expressing what's the context it's 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 the lack of self-worth for others so that's that's when you feel most powerful yeah tackling those problems i'm constantly creating ways to teach people how they could look at the bright side of things where do you feel most vulnerable where do i feel most vulnerable uh in what sense in in life where do you feel most vulnerable and unsure of who you are 
amongst the influence of people that I believe are uh, a step ahead of me or better than me at certain things. I'm intimidated by the idea of how well people have other have things figured out in relation to how well I am aware that I could have it figured out, but not there yet. It's so funny to me, man. This is what's so cool about mine and stories. In so many ways, you're you're incredibly intimidating. I don't know if you know that. I do. You know that. You know that someone like me would be very intimidated by your presence. No, I don't know that. I don't know what someone like you means. Uh, me. Let's just say that. I am intimidated in certain perspectives of being in your presence. Yeah. Because you are a powerhouse. So maybe that's a good spot to jump into some questions I have around your process of creating. Yeah. Specifically, you create a lot of content online. Yeah. Videos, um, like, you know, Facebook, Instagram. I see you online a lot and you're in your studio and there's just so much cool shit. And I love looking at the comments and you're connecting and you're touching and, you know, you're, you're motivating people. And you're also triggering people. Yeah. You're also triggering people that are like, how the fuck does this guy create so much shit? Yeah. yeah. You know? So what what happens once you release something? Take us into your mind state. Shit. There's so much coming up for me, man. This is like Landmark, bro. I'm on the mic at Landmark right now. <laughs> Shout out Landmark. Fuck. You know, the creative process, you know, my brain, my mind doesn't stop. It just doesn't stop. Because that's where I'm my happiest. I'm always just, I'm really happy in a state of creative expression. I'm really happy in a state of uh, of giving. I love giving. I love giving and I love sharing and I love creating. So much of your stuff is like raw and yeah. real. So Okay, so I'll tell you a secret. Yes, this is what I want. Yeah, so 99%. No, I can say maybe 90% of the stuff that I release uh, is created immediately after crying. No. Yeah. I'll watch a movie and I'll bawl my eyes out, sob, and then boom. Just I got to express how this makes me feel. 10% I would say is just like off the, you know, whatever comes up. But I always get triggered by an emotional state of expression. And that's what causes me to express or create or reflect on what I just felt. And that's typically where things come from. You know, my morning meditation, my morning uh, motivational speech, uh, listening sessions in the shower you know, or I'm be empowered by all these motivational YouTubes, you know, these compilations of all these speakers, with, you know, and I'm listening to the shower and it's just like, ah, just fucking screaming, unleashing, cold shower, you know, whatever, crying my eyes and I'll jump out of the shower and boom, got to write that down. And then literally I'll take like 25 minutes, write a speech real quick, get on the camera, put it on the teleprompter, boom, make a video and release it, you know, and, and then I'm free. It's like, okay, I did that for the day. Now I feel wow. fantastic. Wow. So have you made it into a practice oh absolutely where you, you, you'd you set up a moment where you could potentially cry oh absolutely I ask for it I look for it I can't wait for it I love crying I cry all the time that's amazing yeah I love it I wow. love it I love putting myself in that state of vulnerability where I can really feel me like I'm sad I'm sad all the time the power of my intimidation to you is really just a a, a reflection of sadness for me I'm not a happy person I'm more of a nostalgic person. I'm always nostalgic. Lately, I have found joy because my girlfriend, I just find so much joy, boyish joy 
in being in her presence i feel like a like like a kid that's like in love i feel like you know there's this magic that comes out of me so i i'm turning into like this happy little boy every time i'm around her yeah because she reflects on me and like she's super hot and all kinds of stuff that you know like i'm just like oh my god i'm so blessed with this friend that i've manifested so there's happiness in that there's happiness when i think about my parents and and how abundantly blessed we've been in the state of how our relationships are maybe i don't directly communicate with my heart but i'm always pulling things from it it's it's you're 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 creating uh semi-drastic scenarios where you could access it yeah yeah because it seems like you've fortified a mansion in your head and you but you you're, you know that the magic is in the heart i pull from the heart i pull from the mind i pull from the spirit and then it just becomes that which it is and that's probably i've never said it like this but that's probably what's happening sounds really complicated yeah, yeah. And, and it's happening unconsciously competently i'm on i'm i'm just i'm just in flow yeah. in that state and maybe I have it all twisted. You know, maybe that's not what it is at all. I think I'm just having a really good time finding different, you know, ways that I can shift paradigms in the context of this conversation. Yeah. You know, but who knows? Honestly, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, I'm going so deep into this because I feel challenged by figuring it all out. Yeah. But there, there, maybe there is no process. You know, maybe I'm just like this because, you know, these are my gifts to be able to process thoughts. Maybe yeah, process thoughts I, and emotions. I can see you going into your deeper into your head as you say that for sure i could see there's a shift and you went back up here yeah well we can take a deep breath if you want yeah <laughs> fuck yeah i love that you said that <laughs> let's do it right that's our reset right yes all right ready? i get excited when i when i when i speak this much Dude. that's my flow like right now you're listening to the lyricist yeah, you don't hear the beat. I hear the beat. The mm. beat is on a four-four beat. Boom, boom, boom. It's really exciting, man. I appreciate that this conversation turned into a challenge for me, and I expected it, which is why I'm still rocking these shades. Yeah. You know, if I take off the shades, I'll probably calm down quite a bit because I can't hide. So it's really interesting, man. So you you answered the you didn't answer the question that I, asked. I don't think I've answered any of your questions, bro. I, think <laughs> you, I just kind of went into my own state and you, everything. You didn't, you, but your your answer to that question went places that I never expect. So I, I I'm excited, but I want the answers to that question. Yeah, what the is question it? is post sharing something. Yeah, you shared the pre sharing something, which right. is fucking dope. Yeah, the post sharing process. I'm curious what it's like after you share something. I'm already looking forward to the next share. You're already there. Yeah, yeah. If I I could, sh I share all day. Okay, so, but like, you, you hit send. Yeah. Then what happens? Constant checking to see how the impact has landed. What are you, what are you evaluating? What are the metrics? Well, it depends on the context of the sharing. If it's a video, like a full production video, then I'm really excited to see how it lands on people with editing and color correction and captions and every full video multiple shots so you're you're like fully confident you're like this shit is magic i'm so proud of it not always no are you ever do you ever have uh, a good friend of mine coined this term uh vulnerability hangover a viho no nah. do you ever have like oh i shared too much why did i do that oh uh, yeah maybe once or twice yeah i've had it a few times but not Man, I just I just want to share all the time. Your your power position is uh, helping people that don't understand their self worth, mm. and I'm telling you, I'm terrified of sharing stuff. Mm. You would say, 
what is the primary problem that you would solve for someone based on what you believe is, is in your self-worth? What can you help people solve? Me? Yeah. I can help people discover that they have magic inside them. All right. So the lack that exists in the uh, awareness that the magic is not there. Would you say there's a problem in that space? Yes. So the problem exists in people's mindset where they believe that the magic is gone or the magic they never had it. Yes. Okay. So let's just say there is a consequence or there is a an, an end result to that lack or to that problem or to that suffering or to that pain. What does that look like? What does the pain, the suffering, the problem or the lack look like for the person you're helping? An unfulfilled life. So an, an unfulfilled life. So if we were to break down an unfulfilled life, what are the circumstances of an unfulfilled life? What uh, comes with that? Th- they don't know their voice they don't value themselves they don't see the magic that exists in the world okay so voice value and perception so um the problem that exists in your ideal customer avatar's life uh is that they don't have a voice so they are afraid to speak they don't value themselves they're afraid to ask for what they deserve and uh, the perception of the world is loaded and riddled with scarcity so they think what's the point of even sharing to begin with right they don't see the magic in anything because all they see is the lack and all that's your ideal customer avatar. Now, if you had the opportunity to share a three-minute piece of advice, you know, in a room full of two to three hundred people that are consistently faced with the adversity of self and knowing that they've lost the magic because of the tra- tragic, you know, the tragic circumstances in their life that have got gotten them to believe that there is no more magic in life, or the people that are too aware and because of that awareness they don't see the magic in life. If you had an opportunity to stand in front of a room of 150 men that lost that magic, would you stand on that stage to share your suggestion on how they can? be reminded that that magic exists definitely yes okay so 99.99999 percent of the people that i asked that question to say definitely yes and immediately the fear of public speaking is gone why because and this isn't a fear of public speaking but i'm using it as a context because sharing is speaking sharing is providing value sharing is adding value and solving problems sharing creates a context for people to see a part of themselves within your share the more vulnerable you are the more you're helping somebody the more authentic you are the more people can see the reflection of that authenticity within themselves Mm -hmm. so if i'm going to guide you through understanding the importance of your share the importance of your share resides around how people are waiting to be led people are waiting to be guided and people are waiting to receive from someone that's there with them or has been there before. That's why I believe that everybody has an opportunity to be able to help others in the coaching realm because we have an opportunity to share our life's experiences to be able to guide others. So there's people that always ask, you know, how do I find my ideal customer avatar? I tell them to look uh, in their phone in selfie mode and see yourself. And then when you see yourself, look over your left shoulder. Do you see who you were when you were at the peak of your problematic state, when you were in a state of lack, when you were lost and confused? Do you see that person that you were? Do you see Darius back then when Darius was the one that was thinking that there was no magic left? Do you see him? Do you remember the circumstances that Darius was under? And they're going to be like, you know, Darius is going to be like, absolutely. Yeah, I was all fucked up. I was doing drugs. I was miserable. I hated my mom. Blah, 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 right. And then I'm going to be like, I, if you had the opportunity to reach out and grab that person and, and reach out your hand and that person can grab your hand so that you can show them the shortcut so that they don't have to go through all the bullshit that you went through to get to the state of certainty that you're at now. Would you do that? And it's like, absolutely. Well, there's one way to identify who you can help the most is by identifying through your life's experiences with people that are where you used to be before mm. you figured it out for yourself. 
That's one way to do it. So in your state of sharing, you know, sharing that you can demonstrate to people that you can live a fulfilled life and find your voice and look at the world through magical eyes. There's people out there that are desperately waiting to be told that they understand them. Yeah. So it is so much more beyond you. It is not about you. It is about the message. So how do you eliminate the fear of public speaking? You make it about the message that will be shared to those 300 people in the audience and not about how those 300 people in the audience are going to perceive your message. You make it about the message. Separate yourself from your ego and make it all about how the message is going to land on their hearts and souls. That's great. Yeah. You just gave us a glimpse into your your process. I yeah, saw yeah. that. That was really cool. Uh, you You centered in value as opposed to this internal body fear yeah it's a bigger thing that's beyond you that's beautiful man thank you for sharing you're that. welcome yeah i'm glad you caught that yeah what lesson has taken you the longest to learn self-love you didn't even flinch nope i lack in that area so much like i said in the in the, in the, in the conversation i find it in other ways i'll love myself after this conversation because i felt like i delivered authentically and purely and with you know good intent so i'll give myself a pat on the back you know that's a demonstration of self-love but I may go out tonight and do something stupid. Yeah. So I think I said it to you or I said it to Sal. I said, I'm really smart, but I do really stupid things. And I think that's just kind of my way of, you know what? Something just came up. I think that I've missed out on so much of my childhood and teenage years that I'm I'm still stuck in what I feel I missed out on in in my growing up that I'm doing it now. Yeah, you know, I feel like I'm reckless now because I feel like I missed out on those things because I was such a deep thinker, you know, and so alone in that sense. And now I'm just like, wow, I'm accepted, I'm acknowledged, I am revered, whatever, you know. I'm so excited to discover who I would be in a state of exuberant health. Yeah, and like I said, I grew up with the exact opposite of that, so that's what I'm used to: is not necessarily self sabotage, but just being born sabotaged. Yeah. So maybe that's what it is. I think I just had a breakthrough. You know, maybe I need to work through that. Yeah, I, I've, I've heard a few different versions of you come out and uh, I just see this powerful human sitting in front of me and I know you're going to continue to do incredible things. And my heart just wants to tell you, 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 you are so worthy of love. Mm. And I know that might not play in, into this podcast, but I don't really give a fuck about the podcast. That's, what sh- that's what's true for me right now. Yeah. That's what I'm feeling. So, Well, thank you because that was, I was single for seven years because of that. I just felt like I just wasn't worthy of it, mm. you know? And now I've been with Jess for seven months and, you know, the way that happened was just so in alignment. But prior to her, it was like, yeah, I dated and all that. But And women wanted to love me. They tried. And I was like, nope. You wouldn't let them in. I wouldn't let them in. Yeah. You know? So I almost feel as if I'm just too busy to try. Like, I'm just too busy. And that's, again, a story, you know? So... This conversation has led me to believe that I cannot continue to ignore what is evidently there facing me every day. Like I need, and again, I don't, I don't say need in my vocabulary. I say ready. I'm, I, I'm ready. I'm, I don't need to eat. I'm ready to eat. I don't need to work out. I'm ready to work out. I'm, I don't need to sleep. I'm ready to sleep. I've replaced need because I feel need is uh, a word that comes with attachment. Right. It's like, uh, that's just something I've learned. But so you're ready for I am ready to. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. 
I'm not ready. And that's just, that's where I always end up. Not ready for that. But I'll get there. And when I do get there, it'll be a, I'll throw a party. I'll get a big party. Like, holy shit, I just realized I love myself. That was, that was real shit. I felt your heart right there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah your voice changed and I saw you drop into your heart. Yeah. And um, might have been my favorite thing in the whole podcast. And, cool. you, and there was a lot of favorites. So Yeah, I know. It's a good conversation. <laughs> There's a vulnerability in me that's that's really, you know. I think I'm like the fact that I shared yesterday so vulnerable and now today so vulnerable you know there's there's I guess maybe it's coming out of now I'm purging perhaps perhaps I'm purging perhaps I'm desperately seeking attention so that I can get called out or so that somebody can show up and say I got something for you you know and I see it in you like I like I said I can't wait to go home so that I can do similar things that you've done with your place to my place I think perhaps I'm purging out loud in a state of authentic vulnerability. And I, I claim that I can state that that's where I'm at. You've provided a safe space and I agreed to it. I almost backed out, uh, but there's integrity to that, that I had to hold, you know, true. It's one thing to produce content with a context that is set through an intention to uplift and empower and encourage. And then it's another thing to be questioned and, you know, you totally come out of your shell and it's like, well, I'm actually suffering, you know, uh, but it is through my suffering that I find my joy. The last thing I want to do, this part's a lot lighter. Cool. Uh, it's just, you know what? You asked about five, six uh, primary questions, right? That you had written down? Yeah. What was the first one? You want to take another stab at it? Yeah. I'd love to hear in your own words how you would describe what you create in the world what it is I create in the world. I create the opportunity for people to see a piece of themselves through creative self-expression. And that looks like poetic expression. That looks like, you know, speech and empowerment. That looks like uplifting content. That looks like uh, fashion. You know, that looks like a lot of different things. But uh, ultimately, it looks and feels like a reflection of oneself. I feel like I am a conduit, a voice, a channeler. I am indeed a channeler. I am aware that when I speak, I am channeling. Something is flowing through me from whatever source it is. It's coming through me. It is bellowing out of me. And I feel like I am the voice for the voiceless at times because of this raw, innate ability within myself to be able to just share what I believe. A lot of people are so terrified to say and I don't do it in a way that is meant to be offensive or you know, derogative, but I do it in a way that is so heart-driven that I am speaking on behalf of the hearts that are afraid to speak. That's what I believe I'm putting out there. Yeah. You definitely channel. Yeah, There's I no, channel like no a motherfucker. Doubt in me it's crazy, you dude. Yeah, you, you, you act something. Okay, cool. Rapid fire questions? Let's do it. This will be easy for you. I'm just gonna start a sentence, you're gonna finish it for me. Okay, cool. My secret weapon as a creator is the piano. Feelings are raw emotion. I believe in my ability to express. God is a question mark. Soul is on fire. When I grow up, I want to be healthy. Humanity's greatest gift love humanity's greatest wound scarcity if you knew the real me you'd know that i'm just so sensitive it's beautiful i want to hang out more 
For sure, bro. I admire you, man. I love I love your energy. I don't want to say I love you just yet, but I love you as a being yeah. that I've come to learn to admire so well. You know, there's just this, you flow. You, you, you're always like in a state of flow. Yeah, it's wicked, bro. Like, I can't wait to go home and just learn, you know, journal about this experience. Amazing, amazing. <laughs>